Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, this loaded potato of an episode, I have a lot for you. But I'm going to give you my top predictions for Innistrad Midnight Haunt. Are you ready? I hope so. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. That's right. Tell me how am I doing? Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? Then I have my website, MTG Ectoplasm, where I have the latest and greatest episodes posted there. And if you want to donate or sponsor an episode just like this one, you can do that there. Now, what I'm going to kindly ask of you is wherever you're streaming this right now, hit that follow, subscribe, like button. That's all I'm asking for you to do. Uh, It just means that whenever I post an episode, you're one of the first people to get it, and then you can share it with your friends and family, and that's what I would also appreciate. Now, I know many of you are going, well, Dwight, we enjoyed the 50th episode. We got to see you. We got to hear Entree with the Twitch and everything. You posted it on YouTube. What's going on, my man? What happened? Why am I not getting your 51st episode live? on Twitch or YouTube or streaming, what's going on? Well, behind the scenes, due to unforeseen circumstances that are beyond our control, uh, uh, some of our technical issues are, let's say, human. We have been uh, working around the clock since last week to get things together and at some of the hardware, at some of the software, at some of the mindware. Uh, and unfortunately I'm going to say the 51st episode, uh, you will not see me, but we're going to try to do everything in our power to get the 52nd episode, hopefully by Wednesday, uh, or if not this Sunday, which would be the 53rd episode up for you, where you get to see me, uh, live streaming on Twitch and then posting on YouTube. And I would love to do this on Twitch just because the fact that I want to see your comments. I would love to see, uh, the interaction with you, uh, the listener, uh, and, and, you know, provide great commentary for magic the gathering. So I'm going to say, just be patient with us. Uh, the wife and I are working hard at it trying to get things done it's just, you know, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and we're trying to build houses out of Legos. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for segment numero uno. That means number one in Spanish. And it is my predictions for Innistrad Midnight Haunt. And in my predictions here in my formerly chocolatey stained fingers because i had me some chocolate cake earlier this evening right after dinner shall i say and it was scrumptious here it is in my number five spot i so thought of is a legendary artifact that destroys 
vampires. Not just one vi- one vampire at a time. I'm going to say a mass plethora of vampires. Because of what's going on in the world of Innistrad, we, also, we know that the night is coming. And it's getting longer and longer. In morning, doesn't seem to get here. So the humans are in desperation to lead to a higher power or a artifact of higher power to achieve their goal of salvation. So I'm saying there will be a legendary artifact that is considered holy to the people of uh, Innistrad. And it will just kill vampires. Now in the number four spot. I had this premonition. I brought out my little crystal ball. And this appeared to me in a vision. A witch or a warlock that gains protection from werewolves. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A witch or a warlock that gains protection from werewolves. The reason why I thought this is because something hit me when reading the, uh, I guess, the feel of Innistrad Midnight Hunt. They were talking about a festival and how these witches and warlocks would do these rituals so they could protect the hum- humanity from the creatures of the night and from humans becoming part of of these creatures of the night. So what's the best way of doing it is having, I guess a warlock or witch who have that protection from them. And obviously they figured it out. Maybe they can share that protection with others. So that's my number four in my third spot. You're going to laugh at me, even though, you know, the the storyline is said to be complete. I personally believe we will see a continuation of a certain story. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the continuation of Delver of Secrets. The first time we saw Delver of Secrets, you know, he was just a simple scientist playing around. And then he transformed into an insectile aberration. Yep, he became exactly what he was playing with. But then later we made our return back to Innistrad and he became an insectile aberration to a aberration researcher. So, okay, he, you know, he was doing research. He's like, "Hey, you know, I like this mode, but I want to do better. I want to I want to be a better insect humanoid." And he ended up becoming a perfect form. Now, I don't know if you know, I know, we all know, there is no such thing as perfection in this world or even our world. As as much as my wife says, I'm perfect in her eyes, um, 
I'd say many others would humbly disagree, saying that I'm far from perfect. So with that being said, I believe the story of Delver Secrets will continue, and we will see this form become, you know, start to decay and become something overly grotesque, where the scientist himself, the researcher, wasn't expecting it. Kind of creepy, right? Now that leads me to number two. That's right. In the number two spot, it has to deal with spirits. Now, of course, we all know, thanks to um, Morrow, a.k.a. uh, Rosewater, he said that spirits are going to make an appearance in both Innistrad sets. So I was like, you know what, let me, let me throw a bone out here to our spirit family. Thanks to Andre Seguera. Now I can say spirit squad uh, without feeling that I, I'm just taking something from him. But I got his permission, so I'm going to start using the spirit squad. So joining the spirit squad is a spirit that gives treasure or clue tokens. Now, I, I primarily see treasure, but, you know, Innistrad uh, has been known for clues. So, I, I see a spirit, maybe a 1-2 flying, that deals with these type of tokens. Now, in the first spot, the number one spot... I, I think it's obvious. I don't know why, you know, Watsy has waited this long. This is just my personal uh, thought process here. And I'm saying, you know what it is? It's about time that in Innistrad, these werewolves have a lord, a true lord, a lord that can make a difference in this particular tribe. Because as much as I'm a spirit fan, you're a spirit fan. It all had to start somewhere, and it had to begin with a lord. Well, it's about damn time they make a lord for this group, and I'm saying in this set, we will see a true werewolf lord. Now, in my honorable mentions, I had the conversation with Andre Seguera on, on, I believe, on Monday. This past Monday, not this Monday, not, uh, I'd say today or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to it, it's like a week ago. I had a conversation with Andre and we were talking about, oh, a certain spirit he would like to see. He would like to see a Thalia-like type spirit. And I implied that maybe, just maybe, Thalia didn't survive at all what happened during Eldritch Moon. Well, I'm saying officially this is my thought. I first thought it would be cool to see her as a spirit. And as much as I would love to see her as a spirit, because as a spirit content maker, a spirit lover, uh, it's only selfish of me to want a spirit. But realistically, I see Thalia coming back from the grave as a zombie horror. 
Ooh, you've heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. A zombie horror. This will do something with graveyards and potentially milling. There will be benefit with Discord with graveyards and milling. This is just my thought. What I have not received anything from Watsi. If I did, um, I wouldn't be able to share that with you. But this is my thought process of potentially what may be coming down the pipe. So hopefully you like that. Those are my five top predictions of Innistrad Midnight Haunt. Now, if you liked what I brought to the table, do me a favor. Go to my Twitter. Let me know what you think. Or if not, just go to my, G- my Gmail, MTG Ectoplasm, my, my, my uh, email address, MTG Ectoplasm at Gmail. Tell me your thoughts. Now, in segment number two, there's a lot of segments tonight, just so you know, so you're aware. In segment number two, I'm making you aware there are delays in Midnight Haunt. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are some production delays. Now, if you're living in Europe, nothing to worry about. If you're living within Latin America, nothing to fear, nothing to worry. If you're living in North America, everything's A-OK, except for this Delta variant that's pissing everybody off. But unfortunately, unfortunately, due to my friends that are in Asia, unfortunately for you guys, there will be delays on Innistrad Midnight Haunt. Now, some of the big delays will happen for September 24th. Other delays will happen for September 17th. Now, the ones for September 17th will be Australia and New Zealand. Oi, 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 right? That's what you guys do down there, and I'm cool with it. Unfortunately for you guys, some of your stuff will be delayed for August, September 17th. Now, for those in other parts of Asia Pacific, for example, Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand, you're talking September 24th. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, September 24th. So, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... If you listen to the show, I can tell you all the great things that we're playing with. So that may be a positive. And what cards not to spend your money on? You know, you can go, oh, look, he's talking about singles and I should get this single. Yay. Or I bought this single and boo. You know, just just trying to help you out here. But I wanted you aware so you can save your money and be prepared for uh, potential spike hikes. Who knows? Hopefully they don't do what they do here in the U.S. Now in segment number three, that's right. It was a quick segment, right? I like these segments. Segment number three, it's about a new secret lair. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I actually went to secretlair.com looking at what potentially could be uh, coming around the corner, and I saw nothing. And then all of a sudden, I started getting 
beeps and tweets and the noises and vibrations from my cell phone saying there's a secret lair. So I went back to secretlayer.com and I found nothing. And I'm scratching my 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 forehead and my you know my scalp and I'm like trying to figure out what's going on here. I'm getting announcements from my Reddit saying there's a secret layer, but there's no secret layer to be seen anywhere. So what ha happened? And this is what ha happened. Hasbro has this convention called PulseCon. And they decided in their infinite wisdom, they were going to end up selling during this PulseCon secret layers. Now, for those who are ready to grab those pitchforks and torches and start saying, boo, Watsy, Watsy sucks, I can't stand Watsy, why is Watsy always doing this, always trying to give to other people and not us, the individuals who pay for, you know, Magic the Gathering, calm down, calm down, because you're going to go, wow, okay, it's not that bad, because usually... When we think of Secret Lair, we're thinking about these high money cards. We're thinking about ooh, cards that, you know, desperately need a reprint and uh, usually cheaper if we buy it through the uh, Secret Lair, right? We saw that with the Praetors. We saw that, um, oh, I forgot, the, uh, the Enchantment, Bitter Blossom, We've seen that a lot with all these other cards, right? We get all these reprints. The price drops. It's wonderful. But this particular secret layer is different. It's extremely different. It's known as perfection. And when I talk about perfection, I'm talking about the P-U-R-R as in cat this is the second secret layer that is primarily focused within cats now you're gonna go okay well i'm a fan of kitty cats i I like cats so i want this well that's good wanting is a good thing but what separates this is that usually there's a big money rare right There is no money rare this time. There's zero money rares. There's zero rares. I know some of you are like, whoa, what? No rares? What are you talking about? Yep, it's only commons and uncommons this time. And there's only four cards. I have them here. Fortunately, I was able to take pictures on my cell phone. What they are. Now, the first one that I saw was Generous Gift, which is an uncommon, which is too generic in a white, an instant that reads Destroy Target Permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 Green Elephant Creature Token. Now, what I find comical, of course, is the text underneath, the flavor text. Alas, the Meow Meowtropolis was struck by a devastating catastrophe, leaving the ground littered with debris. Now, this card looks like a... It has a yellow background with 
paint splotches everywhere. It looks very Dr. Seussical. It's a white cat wearing elephant paws and elephant ears and an elephant trunk. It's Dumbo. And it's kicking a car and nearly stepping on a robot. It's very, uh, very, very whimsical. So if you're desperately seeking for a cat version of Generous Gift, you may want to go to this PulseCon. Now, the next card I saw was Heirloom Blade. That's right, an equipment card. Three generic artifact uh, artifact equipment. And it reads, equipment, equipped creature gets plus three and plus one. Whenever a crypt creature dies, you may reveal the top card of your library until you reveal a creature card that shares a creature type with it. Put that card into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, and you, you can equip it for one. Now, I find this art very nice. I like it. It has a um, Japanese feel to it because it's holding a uh, katana. The, what happens is a gray cat uh, with a white um, white underbelly with a white face holding a katana, and it seems some type of ghostly essence coming from the hilt over a full moon. It's very, very nice. I, I'm a big fan of... I'm, I, let me just say I'm a big fan of this card. I actually like this. Now, the next one is Chain Lightning. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. Chain lightning. This image has a cat that, is, for some reason, has either was struck by lightning, has lightning powers, or has so much static cling that it basically electrified a mouse. Basically, that's what it looks like in the image. The, the cat just looks evil, has so much static cling and static energy that it just shot the hell out of a mouse now if you don't know what chain lightning is i'll read it for you it's a red a sorcery chain lightning deals three damage to any target then that player or that permanence controller may pay two red mana if that player does he may copy this spell and may choose a new target for that copy now this was a very popular card back in the day and uh, not so much anymore, but it's desperately due for a reprint. You know, you know, this used to be tied with Lightning Bolt. I think you know, I know, we both know Lightning Bolt's a lot better because the fact that Lightning Bolt's an instant, and you don't have to worry about the person playing Red Mana because they're not going to boomerang you back with three points of damage. But the art is very cute and whimsical. And then finally, the last card is Kadama's Reach. Two generic and a green. A sorcery arcane. For those who miss the arcane type of spells, consider yourself blessed because some of the Kawamagawa cards, uh, they were great. They were fun with arcane. Uh, but it, it dragged on your patience. But let me read to you what Kadama's Reach says. It states... Search your library for up to two basic land cards. Reveal those cards, put one onto the battlefield tapped, and the other one in your hand 
then shuffle your library. Now the flavor text says, in the perennial garden, the catnip and blossom to the catnip blossoms forever. Let me read that one more time so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. In the perennial garden, the catnip blossoms forever. Now, it's a cute little green cat that does see some catnip and wants to go crazy over the catnip, just like any other particular domicile cat would. I used to have a cat and always got into the catnip and... I no longer have that kit because I think it died of catnip. I don't think that's possible, but yeah, he liked it a little too much. But it's cute. If you saw this, you would, and I, I like it because, you know, it's a green card and all of it is green. Like there is no, maybe there's a hint of blue here and there, but it's a truly green on green on green on green card. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you find yourself at PulseCon and desperately seeking something new, something fresh, you may want to give this perfection secret layer an opportunity. Now, for those getting upset, understand that these cards are usually less than $3 a pop in regular magic. And why did... Watsy or or even Hasbro decide to bring these along because they don't want to piss people off if it were true money cards. So I applaud, you know, I applaud Hasbro. I applaud Watsy for their uh, thinking outside the box. And maybe if there's a cat person out there that didn't play Magic, they may now consider playing Magic the Gathering because of the art. Now in segment number four, we're going, we're flying through this, right, Sean? This is a great episode. We're just flying through stuff. In segment number four, we have to discuss Dungeons and Dragons, the adventures into the Forgotten Realm. Now, it is not, and I stayed heavily, not one of the more popular sets in Magic the Gathering. I can say emphatically, it is probably one of the most poorly received sets ever. Ever. I've never seen a set just completely poo-pooed, where everybody was just like, I know where Watsy was going, and it's cute. I, 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 I get the, uh, the feel the flavor but these are like uh poopy flavored jelly beans as much as i like jelly beans and they're sweet they taste like poop right so there was an announcement made by watsy and it stated this now i'm just you know i don't have the true statement but eh, in summation that D&D will be the last non-magic IP for premiere sets. And what they mean, for those who are unfamiliar, what IP, sorry, premiere sets are. Premiere sets are what we generally play. For example, uh, Innistrad, uh, Ikoria, uh, 
Zendikar, um, Ixalan. Those, all these wonderful sets that we've been playing for years are, or shall we say, standard sets are premier sets. They just don't like to call them standard sets because it's just, it takes away from the the classiness, I could say, of the card. They're not like, like oh, you know, this, this, this doesn't sound pretty enough. Standard. Yeah. Standard is standard. But we want, you say premiere, a premiere set. We're like, ooh, this set means something. This is going to be great. Can't wait to play with a premiere set instead of just a really standard set. So unfortunately, no more non-magic sets, non, no more non-magic IP cards for Premiere. So meaning, for those going, hey, that means no more Warhammer 40,000 or Lord of the Rings. I didn't say that. And I know some of you are like, well, you say non-magic IPs. Well, those non-magic IPs are coming, ladies and gentlemen. And remember what they were telling us from the very beginning. They were telling us from the from the very beginning that these properties would end up being f- nothing more for Commander and Legacy. Nothing more, nothing less. So we will end up seeing future non-magic IPs. But they will not be... Uh, being played in you know or standard they will not be played in pioneer um or modern i you know there's a part of me that won't say you won't see him historic but for what everything watsi's doing anything is possible in historic it's historically historical to know that watsi is probably going to screw up historic and potentially throwing non-ip sets non-magic ip sets in there but who knows we only have you know time on our side to sit there and uh, gander what they do right but from from this point on if you were worried that you were going to see uh for example care bears the set and we have to go to the magical world of the Care Bears, and we had to do magic with Care Bear, with the Care Bears and Rainbow Bright. Uh, not going to happen. For those that are bronies and like My Little Pony, not going to happen. Okay, Transformers, so on and so forth. Uh, I guess what the. Masters of the Universe that just got clobbered left and right because of people like myself who liked, I guess, Masters of the Universe in my youth and saw it recently and said, cringe, not for me. I guess I grew up. Stop looking at that, unfortunately. Makes me sad, makes me weep. I miss my youth. <laughs> but with that being said ladies and gentlemen i think watsi has learned a lesson you know if you're gonna do something right do it right in your house and uh, leave everything else on the outside on the periphery so finally that leaves our last segment ladies and gentlemen that's right 
segment numero cinco. That means number five in Spanish. And that is the shout out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme of the creme. Did you make it? I hope so. So I'm going to start here in Legacy. And unfortunately, nobody made it. So I turned to Historic this week. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a week. Let's see what happens. Historic. Nothing. Nobody this week. It's okay. We're two for two. Oh, for two right now. And then I turned to my friends in Pioneer. And let me just tell you, I love my friends in Pioneer. You people do not let me down. And I say thank you. I say thank you very much because you keep on proving to me that you know what? You love this tribe. So, in Pioneer, August 16th, an individual went 5-0 with an Azorius build, and it was Andrew Tew. Andrew Tew, which is T-I-U. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly, Andrew. The other person on August 16th went 5-0 in a mono blue snow build, and that was... Oh, Jesus, bro. Or, miss, I'm going to butcher this. Drovo Polom. Drovo Polom. D R O V O P O L O M. Drovo Polom. Now, I did end up seeing there was a Pioneer Challenge this past week, and I saw a lot of you out there competing. And I want to congratulate those in the top 32, in the top 16, and especially in the top eight. I saw you. Can't shout you out because remember, look for the best of the best. But congratulations, proving that Spirits is a deck that should be reckoned with. So I have my eye, on you, eye out on you guys and ladies. Now in modern. In modern. August 17th, individual went 5-0 with a band build, and that was Dr. Queller. Welcome back, Dr. Queller. I haven't seen you in a quick minute, but love to see you kicking ass. August 18th, 5-0 with an Azorius build. Friend of the show, the guy who was with us on Monday of last week, Andre Seguera. That's right, the Spirit Master himself. Look at this. The Spirit Masters are kicking ass over here in Modern. Then August 20th, 5-0 with an Azorius build, Dr. Queller again. So he, uh, Dr. Queller did it with a Bantan Azorius. Andre Segura did it with Azorius and Modern. Ladies and gentlemen, what is that telling you right now? What's that telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen? If the Masters are out there and they're taking names and kicking ass, you can do it too. I believe in you. I'll just tell you right now, if you if you need to take a look at the deck list, see if you can reach out to them on Twitter. Go, hey, uh, can you give me some insight? What was your thought process? I would like to, you know, learn from you. Because their deck lists are a little bit different. I, I you know, I on Wednesday's episode, if I can do so, if hopefully it's a video episode. If not, it'll be auditory, where I'm gonna look at the differences between Andre's deck and Dr. Queller's. And here's a here's a sneak peek. Ready? Chalice of the Void 
in one of them is in the main while in the other it's in the sideboard Ooh, right you're like that's like two different philosophies and they're both kicking ass so you know what ladies let me just say congratulations congratulations to all those in the shout out section for kicking ass and proving that spirits is the best deck out there so hopefully i'll see you back in a week from now where you can hear what i have to say about both of these modern masters decks so ladies and gentlemen that's five that's five segments i've given you right there nice small segments of what's going on in the world of magic uh i like i said i do apologize for not being live streaming but you know due to technical difficulties hopefully we can get this resolved for wednesday's episode and hopefully you will join me and enjoy so ladies and gentlemen the next time you're kicking your opponent's ass make sure they say that's bullshit. have a good one everybody take care <laughs>